0: Hello, I'm Caitlin, and this is my January surprise.
1: Oh, oh no! January surprise has a different ring than the October surprise, and oh, I'm Zach. Spoiler alert! And I'm back, ready to attack, ready okay. to okay. lack in my content delivered to you and your ears. Oh, there we go. self-deprecating. Welcome.
0: Kick it off. <laughs> That's it that's how we
1: gotta go uh and welcome to manipulating the masses season three
0: don't give yourselves to brutes men who despise you enslave you who regiment your lives tell you what to do what to think or what to feel who drill you diet you treat you like cattle use you as cannon fodder don't give yourselves to these unnatural men machine men with machine minds and machine hearts You are not machines. You are not cattle. You, the people have the power. All right. We're back season three. It's been a minute. Um, Zach and I had to take care of the company for a little bit. As you know, we do run a marketing agency on the side. It's our side hobby. (laughs) podcasting is our number one um so we're back with season three and uh i asked zach why he decided to call this season three and he told me that every 10 episodes is a season so i needed to relay that to my audience because not even Mm -hmm. i knew that so season three Mm -hmm. Zach, what are we going to be talking about on season three?
1: Oh, Caitlin. Yeah. And it, I went Game of Thrones style. Game of Thrones had 10 episodes every season. So I'm following the Game of Thrones model, just Classic. to clarify. But also, um, so we, we've been talking a lot about what we want to do this new season. And, you know, post-midterm elections, uh, ramping up uh, many, well, one candidate has already declared for the 2024 election. Um, And so we thought it'd be a great opportunity for us to take our marketing know-how and our marketing ideas and translate that to the audience to give you guys the tools to understand when candidates on both sides, this is a very centralized approach to it, but candidates on both sides are going to try to manipulate you uh, ramping up to the 2024 election. Um, if you can see it, if you can see the tactics they're using, maybe we can make just an informed decision rather than one that's pulling on our emotional strings to get us to act in ways against our own interest.
0: And we're going to be diplomatic throughout this season and represent both the Republican side and the Democratic side equally. We're going to try to be real journalists without an opinion. <sighs> Yeah, we'll do our best I'm so now so, <laughs> let me get into the podcast that i researched through wikipedia <laughs> I love it. um okay well great i think that's all we need to say about season three right yeah anything else yeah, let's
1: get in let's, no, get, let's into get, it. get into it let's get into it let's get into it
0: so This episode we're gonna oh also I want to mention I have a new microphone so I feel extra sultry this season. Yeah, you're sounding I feel like a real podcaster.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I even like noticed it in my presence here. I'm like wearing headphones, I'm like very close to the mic. I'm feeling like I a know. real podcaster, Zach.
1: You got like a subtle whisper to your voice too with the mic.
0: Now. <laughs> I know, I can't like, help it's it. It's just
1: like it's like it's like you're just telling me a bedtime story about Martin <laughs> and I love it. Like I want more of it, Kate. Right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, I realize like my husband says this about me, I have an inflection in my voice so I get overly excited about things and I tend to just <laughs> yell at people and I and I realize that I do that a lot in the podcast but um and some of our fired up some some of our ig instagram reels (laughs) i have to preface i'm not yelling at you we are yelling together so
1: yeah we're yelling as one as one
0: um cool so today we're going to be talking about the october surprise Um, In short, the October surprise is a political news story that comes onto the scene shortly before Election Day, and its primary purpose is to sway votes. Um, Whether this is by accident or whether this is purposely planted is something that we will get into. Um, Zach has been doing a lot of research on kind of the... um, psychological effects of campaigning so i want to ask you to just kind of jump in where you see fit when i go through the history of all the october surprises that we've seen in the past oh you got it not that I'm you excited. needed permission to do that you were going to do that anyways <laughs> but now i'm like granting it to you <laughs> no i love
1: it and i'm excited because i know i mean there was a big october surprise in 2016 right and then but i don't know the other ones so i'm excited from what you got on all of these October surprises.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so the October surprise was coined by William Casey when he served as campaign manager of Ronald Reagan's 1980 presidential campaign. Um, fun fact, Casey did go on to become the director of the CIA under Reagan. That has nothing to do with what i previously said, but just fun fact. Um, Well, he he went from
1: campaign manager to director of the CIA. Man, (laughs) talk about
0: networking. Networking. That's what you get when you meet powerful people. Uh, Even though he was the first to coin it, there are plenty of examples of this October surprise dating back to 1840. Whoa. I know. I know. Can you even imagine the scandals in the 1800s? Like, what What do you think they would be about? Because now they're so insane. In the 1840s, yeah. it would be like he stole a jug of milk from the local farmer.
1: Yeah. Or, I mean, I, I do know, like, uh, Jefferson and what, what was the guy that hated him? Madison. Like, back in the day, I think it was Madison. Don't quote me. But they uh, they would, like, write about each other in the papers and just claim that they had mistresses all over and children out of wedlock. So,
0: I mean, it's come a long way,
1: but it really hasn't come that far. No, it's
0: always about the mistress (laughs) Yeah, and the children. Remember, save the children. It's always about the children. Save the Um, children. So let's get into it. I'm gonna take you down uh, every single October surprise in existence. I'm so excited. I know, I love a scandal and usually it's a celebrity scandal. Um, So now, This is why I'm into politics because there is (laughs) just as many scandals. So shortly before the 1840 presidential election, federal prosecutors announced plans to charge the top Whig Party officials. Pause there. Do we know what the Whig Party is? You probably do. Yeah, Whig with an H.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Whig with with an H. Uh huh. Um, The Whig.
0: Whig. Whig. Um, Whig. I had for I've heard the Whig party, but I obviously have forgotten about them. They were dissolved, um, but yeah. they kind of eventually kind of became the Republican Party. So that's mm-hmm. that. I figured mm-hmm. people should know that. Um, so true. they charged uh, federal prosecutors charged the top Whig party officials with the most stupendous and atrocious fraud uh, because they claimed that they were paying Pennsylvanian, Sorry, paying Pennsylvanians to cross state lines and vote for Whig candidates in New York during the 38 elections. Isn't that funny? How are Republicans always at the center of voter fraud?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm like flabbergasted. Like, I didn't know that, but how. How it just history repeats itself. History you know? repeats itself. Like, well, yes, it does. There's a great, there's a great Mark Twain quote that I love that says, um, "History doesn't repeat itself, but it often it rhymes." And I think that's so clever. And this is an example of that, right? Like they're like, literally they were saying they paid people to cross the border. Now they're saying that they bus people like into different cities to vote and across state lines. Like it doesn't really Or the mail-in in
0: ballots. People are dropping multiple mail-in ballots, which, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, hmm. So, uh, moving on. In the year 1836, a news story came out that the James K. Polk, who was the 11th president, had his slaves branded. A lot of these stories are going to kind of be like a one-liner, very much like this. No, I, yeah. There's not a lot of uh, grounds to these. These are just known as the year's October surprise. Um, yeah,
1: But I, I will pause you there because like that's the tactic, right? We'll get into that. But there isn't a lot of meat to these allegations. It's yeah. just the timing of these allegations that are important. Interesting. Yep. Interesting.
0: Uh, moving into 1880, shortly before those 1880 presidential elections, a forged letter was published purportedly written by James A. Garfield, voicing support for Chinese immigration to the United States at the time most white Americans opposed Chinese immigration. All right. In the week leading up to the 1884 presidential election, Republican nominee James Blaine attended a meeting in which Presbyterian preacher claimed that the Democrats were the party of the rum, Romanism, and rebellion and Romanism, I guess, is just a slang for ro- Catholic Romans,
1: which. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I in my know. feelings yeah, too. I don't know. Um, uh-huh. Rum, Romanism, and rebellion.
0: Yeah, sounds like a party to me.
1: Yeah, I was like, that—that—that's a great tagline. <laughs> I feel
0: like. Um. <laughs> then we're getting into the 1888 u.s presidential election the republicans published a letter um, by lionel sackville west who was the british ambassador the letter suggested that Democratic presidential candidate Grover Cleveland was preferred as president from the British point of view. So that actually caused all the Irish-American voters to vote against him uh, oh. and and push them into the Republican fold. And actually, oh. Cleveland lost the presidency this year or that oh, year. Oh, interesting. Yes. OK, so now we're getting in the 1920s. Finally, we can recognize some people. Um so 1920 <laughs> presidential election, rumors circulated that Warren G. Harding was of African American descent. and Harding's campaign feared what? That, and Harding's campaign feared that the rumor would affect his popularity amongst white Southerners. So his campaign made it a point to prove Harding's whiteness. And I found what? this one so funny that I tried to look up what this campaign entailed and there's like nowhere on the internet, at least nowhere that I found that actually had this campaign. They scrubbed it. They scrub well, it, it's that or like were they really proving Harding's whiteness? I don't I don't know. It's like pretty ludicrous. But while I was doing this research, another headline came up that tagged warren g harding as america's horniest president
1: (laughs) Yep, i've heard that one
0: (laughs) have you so i think that is coming up on my radar the next (laughs) podcast is i need to know (laughs) a list of america's horniest presidents and who came up with this So, it's I didn't that, get into like that. well
1: sexiest magazine. Yeah, we'll drop some some content around our ranking of the horniest presidents. Uh, Bill yeah. gotta oh Bill Clinton's got to be up there. Bill Clinton's got to be up there.
0: I mean, can we just I'm just saying, can we just Actually, I really want to backtrack from this because I just paused and thought about like the horniest <laughs> presidents and like this is not a road I want to go down. Like, let's not do that, right? Like, ugh. I was trying to name the horniest president in my in, in my list, and I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. So, um, yeah. maybe well, we it's won't Warren do that. G. Harding. But I did, yeah, uh, yeah. I did think it would be an interesting road to uh, go down. Um, presidential taglines or presidential oh, campaign ideas, um, because I would mm-hmm. love to know. I would love to dig into Harding's whiteness campaign. Harding that is very is white nuts. by the way. Like there's no ethnic disparities in the way he No,
1: looks. he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like saltine cracker white. And uh, I don't understand how people, uh, this is the thing with the October surprises. They're just like, yeah, he's of African descent, right? And there's like nothing to it. No. It's just like, it gets out in this public atmosphere and there's not enough time between when this allegation comes out to right. when the vote is for people to really dissect it um, and think about it, which is right, right. a great marketing tactic.
0: Well, and it's funny street. that he felt that there were enough grounds to actually build a counter campaign that proved that, no, I'm white. I am full-blown white people. Um <laughs>
1: that's the insanity of politics
0: so less than a month uh okay so moving on we talked about 1920 now we're going to talk about 1940 less than a month before the 1940 presidential election president Roosevelt's press secretary need a black officer in the groin outside of Madison Square garden that was that October surprise Um, The Suez, Suez uh... crisis and Hungarian revolution have both been described as October surprises during the 1956 presidential election. Mm. On October 7th, 1964, just under a month before the presidential elections, one of President Johnson's top aides, Walter Jenkins, was arrested for disorderly conduct with another man at the Washington, D.C. Oh. YMCA, a place described as a gathering place of homosexuals.
1: Oh, my God. How the dare YMCA? he? The I- YMCA? You know, now the village people song starts to make a lot of sense to me. If it was a the YMCA place. is
0: just Americans' version of a Turkish ba- Turkish bathhouse. Maybe is how in the <laughs> '60s they saw it. Is bathhouse YMCA equals bathhouse? Um, <laughs> with a
1: recreational area group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Rec. With a basketball court. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On October 26th, (laughs) 1972, 12 days before the election on November 7th, -hmm. the United States chief negotiator and presidential national security advisor, Henry Kissinger, which we have brought him up before in our podcast. Mm -hmm. Do you remember?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, We were talking about, it, it wasn't the Vietnam War, was it? No. No.
0: Elizabeth Holmes when she created Theranos she got all of these people on her board of advisors and one of them was Kissinger and she got I all of these that. like political advisors on her Theranos board of advisors um Jeez. so yeah uh sorry I got Kissinger. distracted 1972 uh 12 days before the election. Um, Henry Kissinger appeared at a press conference held at the White House and announced that we believe that peace is at hand. Um, so that was in reference to, Oi! I don't know what that's in reference to. Uh,
1: peace is at hand. Oh, uh, thus officially ending the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War.
0: In the Vietnam War. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I knew I had researched that a little bit more, but I just didn't put it in my notes. Um, So obviously that was meant to sway votes. All right, so now is uh, 1980, and this is when the term was officially coined by William Casey, who was under Ronald Reagan. Um, Ronald Reagan, and this was actually coined uh, the October Surprise Conspiracy um, Ronald Reagan feared that a last minute deal to release American hostages held in Iran might earn current President Jimmy Carter enough votes to win reelection. Um, So William Casey started going to the press and started warning of this, quote, October surprise. And Carter, using this news uh, to his advantage, and then the voters would look at the event as a poli- Oh, sorry. Um, Using this news to his advantage and saying, hey, look what I did. I released the uh, American hostages in Iran. Um, And so William Casey's point by going to the news was to tell voters or was to point this out to voters so they would then look at the event as a political ploy, ploy by the Carter campaign to win the election. So just kind of giving the information back to the voters and letting them decide. Um yeah,
1: that's some 3D chess marketing right there. Being like I know this good news is coming, I'm going yes. to shift the narrative prior to it and taking like that's some Totally. Three D chess marketing.
0: So then it gets 3D. even more involved. Um, David Rockefeller was the chairman of Chase Bank, um, and quote collaborated closely with the Reagan campaign to spread rumors about a possible payoff to win the release of the Iranian or uh, American hostages. So we were going to pay uh... Iran to release the hostages right before the election. Um, So then David Rockefeller, along with the Reagan campaign uh, uh, party, started talking about this uh, possible payoff um, and a propaganda effort that the Carter administration officially have said impeded talks to free the... Sorry. I did not review my notes before I came on this podcast. <laughs> it's
1: eight AM your time. It's it okay. is eight. It's
0: okay, okay, okay. <laughs> let me just let me just parse together some of my notes and create a story out of it. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Rockefeller was the chairman of Chase Bank, who collaborated closely with the Reagan campaign and spread rumors about a possible payoff to win the release of the hostages. Um, this mm-hmm. was a propaganda effort that the Carter administration officials have actually said impeded talks to free the captive. So they said it backwards. An article in the Washington Post in the fall of 1980 about a possible October surprise um, alleged alleged that the Carter administration was preparing a major military operation in Iran for rescuing US hostages in order to help him get reelected. So that was an article that got uh, pushed out in Washington Post. and then following oh. that, subsequent allegations surfaced against Reagan, alleging that his team had actively impeded the hostage release. A declassified CIA, CIA memo from 1980 included that, um, I can't pronounce this name, Ayatollah Khomeini and other Iranian hardliners. Yeah, Ayatollah Khomeini. Ayatollah, Ayatollah Khomeini. We were determined to exploit Mm -hmm. the hostage issue to bring about President Carter's defeat in the November election. I just said a lot and I Mm. said it very sporadically. Do you want to repeat what I just said? (laughs) Do you understand what I said? So
1: essentially, yeah, so essentially the Iran uh, crisis is going on where there's American hostages based on, you know, the revolution going on there. it's close. It's happening in October, close to Carter's reelection efforts. Re- Reagan came in and they started to lay the groundwork that this was a political move. Then partnered with corporations, i.e., J.D. Rockefeller from Chase, to give some grounds to that they're going to give money to Iran uh, in order to release these hostages. In order to do it before the election, so Jimmy Carter would have some kind of good news to relay right before the election. So it's almost like a battle of the October surprises. Yes. Right. Carter's like trying to push this right before the election to have something to run on. And Reagan's like countering by sending all these allegations. Right. Um, Which ultimately, to your point,
0: he defeated Carter in the November election. And Carter lost.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, but it it goes to your point where a lot of these are very convoluted issues. It goes to your point, like, it's even hard to describe this stuff, but they put it right at the end because it tugs on your psychological feelings. You feel a certain way about it, but even though you don't fully understand it, and that will sway your vote, right?
0: I love that you pointed that out because we're going to be talking about fast and slow thinking and how campaigns like pull at that psychologically um and this is a great example because they'll release this news that people don't fully understand but you're but the opponent will just say yeah the email fraud of 2016 release the emails and everyone's Mm -hmm. like yeah release the emails and you're like what fucking emails why are we Mm -hmm. so upset about these emails (laughs) Mm -hmm. but all of a sudden they're yeah um Great call.
1: They just play off that, right?
0: Yes. Okay, let me let me collect my thoughts. Read my notes before I (laughs) say the next section. Good God, you're you're getting excited
1: (laughs) about politics, Caitlin. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you.
0: (laughs) After the release of the hostages on January twentieth, nineteen eighty-one, minutes after Reagan's inauguration. Some charged that the Reagan campaign had made a secret deal with the Iranian government whereby the Iranians would hold the hostages until after Reagan was elected and inaugurated. So at which might have some likes because they were l- released literally minutes after he was inaugurated. So that's the big conspiracy.
1: <sighs> yeah. All right. That feels like a good conspiracy. That, that shit happens a lot Nixon did that with the Vietnam War like as Lyndon B. Johnson was like trying to get rid of it, Nixon like came into the team and was like no, keep it going like just basically threw that aside so then Lyndon wouldn't have that to run yeah. on his own stuff like that is vey, that just makes me
0: sick so in 1998 days before the we're moving on to a different scandal by the way keep up Um, 1998, (laughs) days before the November 7th election, Thomas Connolly of Scarborough, Maine, a prominent defense attorney, confirmed to reporters that Republican presidential candidate George W. Bush had been arrested for drunk driving in the state in 1976. Mm. Bush confirmed the report in a press conference moment at moments after it was revealed. Nah. Mm. On October 2nd, 2003, we're getting into the aughts. The Los Angeles Times released a story about Arnold Schwarzenegger. And subsequent allegations that he was a womanizer, guilty of multiple acts of sexual misconduct in past decades, which, as we know, just American the American public is just not phased by. <laughs> Don't give a fuck, I guess. Um, <laughs> at this point, at I this mean, point. if it's been going on
1: since 1884, that these mm-hmm. allegations, like we got to be numb to it as a society by now, right? Uh, uh, man.
0: It wasn't the only embarrassing story about Schwarzenegger to surface just days before the campaign. The next day, ABC News and New York Times reported that in 1975, Schwarzenegger had praised Adolf Hitler during interviews for his film, Pumping Iron. Um, The twin controversies is what they deemed it, uh, later led to uh, LA Times Times columnist Steve Lopez to coin the term Gropenfroher. (laughs) Which, <laughs> groping for her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was pretty good. Uh That's so funny. just to break that down, obviously to grope. So, uh and then he played off a uh, groping for her. For Can you say it? You said it better grouping than I did. For her.
1: Groping for her.
0: Sure. Grouping sure. Sure, sure, sure. So, he called sure. Arnold Schwarzenegger groping for her. Uh Instead of and and that was just a play off a of Gruppen for her, which is was an early paramilitary rank of the Nazi Party. So, we love a good pun. Oh,
1: yeah. well, the, they used they used to call Hitler the Führer, right? So it's like and fear, right? Like it's the, okay. Very well played. Very well played. I did not know he praised Adolf Hitler. That's
0: allegedly. Is it true? Is,
1: yeah, that's that's exactly right. Like it even got me that one. I was yeah. like, mm, Good. don't Canceled. like that." Yep, don't like that. Mm, man. um All
0: right. On October twenty ninth, um, the Arabic news agency Al Jazeera aired a video of Osama bin Laden. Sorry, we are moving into two thousand. Yeah, two thousand three still. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Arabic news agency Al Jazeera aired a video of Osama bin Laden in a speech that justified and took responsibility for the actions of September 11th. Bin Laden called out the Bush administration and the American position in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. uh, Quote, your security does not lie in the hands of Kerry, Bush or Al-Qaeda, bin Laden claimed. Quote, your security is in your own hands. This is believed to have helped President Bush's campaign as it thrust the war on terror back into the public eye. Mm. And um, mm. uh, people mm. don't know if that was bin Laden's intention or not, um, but that was the effect of it. Yeah.
1: yeah. So
0: thereafter, huh. it has been claimed that Saudi prince cut... I'm not gonna. Pre- okay, I will pronounce his name. Prince Bandar bin Sultan Al Saud. Cut the price I think of. That sounded good to me. Thank you. Cut the price of oil. Uh, to help ensure a Bush victory. According to a 60-minute broadcast, Prince Bandar enjoys easy access to the Oval Office. His family and the Bush family are close. And uh, Woodward told us that Bandar has promised the president that Saudi Arabia Arabia will lower oil prices in the months before the election to ensure the U.S. economy is strong on Election Day, i.e. to make sure we're strong to go into war. Um, Wow. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Because obviously the Oil prices are definitely a topic of conversation right now with the Biden administration. Yeah. Do you have any guesses as to like what's going to happen in 2024 with oil? Are we going to see a decrease? Based off of what we just saw? That's
1: a great question. Yeah. Yeah, It's probably not not one that either
0: you or I can speculate or even answer without giving totally false information (laughs) because we are not political correspondents, (laughs) we are marketers.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But all I would say to that is I think the landscape's a little different now because, you know, with Obama, we're now utilizing our own oil production a lot more. So, like, we're able to tap into our reserves to keep the price semi-reasonable. You know, I think that was a big issue now is, like, the the – gas prices at the pump kept going up because Shell and BP were recording record profits, even though we were still producing a lot of our own oil. So yeah, it's um, called gouging. There's a little collaboration. Yeah, if there's a little collaboration between the gas companies, uh, there's not much we can do about that. So, Mm. But it does, like the price at the pump seems to be an indicator for a lot of people decision-making in their election right like who's the politician i'm taking the price at the pump as a like key component to that which you is said fascinating.
0: it isn't that fascinating you yes that is exactly right why are gas prices the one thing that just the general american population gets so up in arms about and both democrats and republicans can come together and fight gas prices like why is that the one thing that we choose to hang all of our opinions on
1: I, it's gotta be something like, it's easily like everybody, uh, theoretically, like I don't own a car, so I don't go, I don't keep track of the gas prices, but like, like everybody kind of utilizes it and it's not something that you want. It's something that you, like, have to have to drive to work, to go. Like, it's, it's like, something that – So everybody can wrap their minds around that price. And the, the other thing is, like, a gallon of milk, right? Like, ev- everybody's, like, what's the price of a gallon of milk? Because it's so common. People can wrap their minds around it. And they feel like it affects them personally. Yes. They're, like, I buy milk. I buy gas. Totally. And it's going to be more expensive, you know? like
0: It is a the one tactic. thing it's that a tactic. we – I think it's a luxury having a car that we don't want to give up. And everyone mm. from poverty to billionaires share this common household thing is owning a car. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's a luxury that we don't are not willing to give up, but we need gas in order to literally fuel it. <laughs> um mm. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why. Yeah, I I don't know. I my thoughts it's, trailed yeah. off, but I I just echo what you were saying. Um,
1: yeah, it's like a common rallying cry. You know? Yeah, I think about it when the gas prices were up, and there was all these memes of like Joe Biden pointing at the like the stickers you know that they'd slap on there, where he's like, <laughs> "I did that," you know, and it's pointing at the price of gas. Like, it's just so weird that it's tied to our political. When in actuality, it's like it's OPEC and these Shell and BP and all these gas companies that determine the price. Like there's limited capacity what the leadership and politicians can do.
0: I don't know. Normally, I would agree with you. But we Mm -hmm. just witnessed that the Saudi prince lowered gas prices to support Bush. So there could be. Yeah, More enough. of a political sway on gas prices than we think.
1: Ugh, yeah, um, good point.
0: Good point. Radio, where are we in my in my um, historical trip down? I think
1: you brought us from eighteen twenty eight all the way to two thousand three.
0: I hope we, you all uh, have enjoyed the ride.
1: We've, <laughs> we've, yeah, it's been great. Honestly. Okay,
0: so um, now real. we're in two thousand eight. This is where i really become invested because this was i think it was the first year that i could vote actually in a presidential election was it 2008 or was it 2004 i think it was 2004. uh
1: no it would be 2008 for you i think it'd be oh yeah yeah
0: yeah you're right you're right that was like literally yeah 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 it was like one year after i graduated high school yeah um yeah yep so in two thousand and eight, four days before the two thousand eight presidential election, the a p press reported that a half aunt of democratic candidate Barack Obama was living as an illegal immigrant in Boston. She had been denied asylum and ordered oh, to leave Jesus. the United States in two thousand and four um great, then we move on to twenty twelve Obama versus Romney Jesus. um Hurricane Sandy was labeled as that October surprise by some, and then the Ebola virus epidemic was considered as an October surprise by some. So these were two, Mm. I I feel like this might have been like a slow month in the press because (laughs) these were both kind of um, natural disasters to some degree. Um, yeah. but yet those were labeled as the leveraged. October surprise, but they're being leveraged. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and honestly, that's the best kind of October surprise is something that like you couldn't you can ar- spin. Like, architect, but you can spin. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's pure marketing right there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, all right. On October 7th. Uh, and now we're getting into the 2016 elections, right? The best, the best October surprises. Uh, On October 7th, a recording from 2005 was released in which Republican Party nominee Donald Trump using explicit (laughs) language claimed, I'm not even going to say all of this. We know know what this tape was about, right? It's like when you're a star, they let you do it. You can do anything you want to women, yada, yada, yada. Um, And and so several politicians from both major parties expressed their disapproval over these remarks. Trump, who had been accused of sexism on several occasions before, later apologized for these remarks, which (laughs) I do not remember him ever apologizing. And he said Uh, that they don't reflect who I am, which I feel like those words were not said by Trump. Yeah. Do you
1: remember uh, him apologizing? Yeah, he went on Fox News to do it. So my, it was. It was the classic gambit at the beginning of Trump's, like, reign where, like, there was two Trumps, right? One where he was going off the cuff and just, like, talking naturally, and the other one where he would just sit and read what somebody else had written for him and just, like, do it with no, like, clearly not meaning it, just, like, saying the words out loud. And that was one of those times where it was, like, clearly somebody had written this apology for him, and he just sat there with no energy and just read it because mm-hmm. he was supposed to do it gotcha we're supposed to be centrist on this but it's hard for me to feel centrist about that moment in uh, our political history
0: i just thought of another uh obama october surprise i don't know if this was october so maybe this is why i didn't find it in my research but do you remember the obama scandal do you know which one i'm thinking of that was with, not previously the, mentioned
1: the one with his pastor yeah like, oh
0: it, no he, i thought you were gonna say passport uh his birth certificate. Oh
1: but the birth certificate yeah, yeah that was the other one I, I thought of that when uh you mentioned warren g harding having african descent i was like it was just kind of like shifted a little bit for obama and being mm-hmm. like yeah he's he where's his birth certificate where's he's the long for birth yeah. certificate yeah like it's not much different right yeah um, maybe they didn't yeah. include
0: that because it wasn't in october it was just you know maybe a june surprise
1: yeah just a relentless surprise um, um Crazy.
0: So back to Trump. Uh, the remarks led to many Republicans withdrawing their endorsement from Trump. Many others who had not previously endorsed him asked him to step aside as the Republican nominee. The same oh, day, yeah. Zach. The same day. Oh, this is when we get into the email scandal. WikiLeaks mm-hmm. began a two-month campaign of releasing emails and excerpts from the account of John Podesta, which who was the uh, chief of staff under Clinton. Um, And they would later become known as the Podesta Leaks. They shed a negative light on Democratic Party nominee Hillary Clinton and included recordings of excerpts of speeches given by Clinton to a variety of banks. A debate question being leaked. Sorry, 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 sorry. I put the inflection in the right wrong place. A debate question. (laughs) (laughs) being leaked to Clinton prior to the debate uh, was recorded. Yep. A stance on trade deals different from those purported by Clinton during her campaign, along with her beliefs that it is beneficial to hold both public and private beliefs. So these were kind of the initial uh, purge of emails that were released to the public. Do you have anything to say about the email scandal? I mean, I go on to talk a little bit more about it.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I'll let you finish because, like, I, yeah, it's... It... Okay, it's funny because I, this is one of those... We'll pause. Okay. Oh, go ahead.
0: I was going to say it's funny because this is one of those scenarios where this uh, was truly a October surprise right before the election. And I was like, actually, what is the big deal about these emails? Like, cool, she had a private email address. What the fuck? Like, what is... like? had no clue what it was about and everyone was like release the emails and nobody actually knew what we were asking to release so i actually spent a couple couple minutes couple minutes of research um (laughs) figuring out what these emails were about but what were you gonna say
1: well, I was going to say, I think it, uh, the the point that you've made so far, we're going to get into the emails a little bit, but the point that is that uh, WikiLeaks started this on the same day. So now it's evolved to this October surprise has proven very powerful in elections uh, moving forward. And we'll talk about why in the next episode, but it's now a battle of the October surprises. It's evolved to where like, Yes. Democrats had that tape. They had that that bus tape for months, right? Like they didn't get it and release it. They held on to that thing until it was the right time to release it to the press, right? Right before the election. And then Trump's campaign, I mean in coordination with Russia and WikiLeaks blah blah blah, we all know that, but um
0: can I just pause and say that was also the same day?
1: Yeah so now it's like it's like
0: the those sex two scandal things, like they both email scandal and trump is colluding with the russians to sway our vote on social media it's same day like what are we supposed to do with all that information it's too much so exactly. obviously we pick one that we really want to latch on to mine was personally like trump is a predator and that's the one i hung on to yeah yours was probably yep. the I, russian collusion
1: the russia <laughs> yep absolutely absolutely i was i was like this is fucking nuts that russia is is successfully influencing but our that's votes. the thing
0: that's why um, i never fully bought into that because i was like is this actually true like we can't just come out and say yes we're collu- there he's colluding with russia and then call it a day i was like w- we're, this is all speculation to a degree
1: at the time it was at the time yes. at the time it was, I think uh a lot has come out since then that kind of verifies that you said kind of his campaign I it does verify like the Mueller report, as much as it wasn't like an indictment of Trump, definitely said I mean Paul Manafort, his campaign manager, went to jail. He's currently still in jail for selling information to the Russians mm. through like sharing polling data with the mm-hmm. Russians like. It was definitely, it definitely happened. Maybe not to the degree that the Democrats were saying it happened, right? And at the end of the day, I would argue as well, like, we made our own decisions in the votes. Like, Russia wasn't there, like, changing ballot boxes, right? Like, it was an influence campaign, not a campaign to switch votes, right? But
0: I mean, it wasn't literally fraud. Yeah, no.
1: But the
0: influence that social media has over people it it is uh, is fraud in itself
1: (laughs) yeah i think if you utilize it claiming it to be somebody else or you know if you claim to be a, a a heart of texas facebook page believing in texas secession but you're actually some russian dude in moscow posting this stuff yeah that's that's pretty close to fraud i would say in the modern age
0: in the modern age yes Mm -hmm. it wasn't 1840 when the Whig parties were paying pennsylvanians (laughs) to cross over state lines to new york and actually submit votes but facebook is the equivalent there we made our stance
1: (laughs) yes yes i agree agree. um man uh rehashing this is like old wounds so i'm being centrist caitlin i'm being centrist i mean are you
0: okay we'll we'll give it to you
1: back to the center
0: Um, So I I did say uh, WikiLeaks released the emails. Also on the same day, US intelligence agency publicly accused the Russian government of using computer hacking to interfere with the election process. Zach just made mention of that. Three weeks later on October 28th, getting dangerously close to elections, the FBI director James Comey Comey, uh, announced in the letter to Congress that he would take appropriate investigative steps to review additional emails related to Hillary Clinton's use of a private email server. This was announced after newly discovered emails were found on a computer that was seized by the FBI during an investigation of former Congressman Anthony Weiner, who had been accused of sending explicit pictures to a minor um I've heard that name Anthony Weiner, before but I actually didn't dig too much into this at the time <laughs> I dug into it now do you know about Anthony Weiner?
1: <laughs> did you oh yeah did you find his uh username did you did you no I didn't spend that much username? time my god my what is part it? of this whole
0: Wieners uh, for Wieners Carlos
1: Danger no Carlos Danger was
0: his username <laughs> Carlos Danger? <laughs>
1: Carlos Danger. Boom. Sending send dick pics to uh, across Facebook and email. Like, my God, man. Did he think he was hiding
0: from something? Uh, or was he, like, very aware that everybody knew this was him?
1: Um, like, was this, yeah, a, was it this was, a disguise? It was, like,
0: was Carlos Danger a disguise?
1: It was it was an alias, but, like, people that he was interacting with knew it was him. Like, he would he would oftentimes make these relationships with women off of them, like, reaching out to his Facebook page, being like, I love you for Congress. I love, like, what you're doing. And then he would, like, make that interaction initially.
0: So um, um, in September 2016, claims were published that Wiener had engaged in sexting with a 15-year-old girl. This was not the first time that he had been accused of something like this. This was just kind of the cap. Um, uh, And devices owned by Wiener were seized as a part of the investigation into this incident. So yes, Wiener had been accused uh, like literally hundreds of other times. Um, At this point, he wasn't even a part. He wasn't even a part of the political system anymore, um, but this was the incident that led to his computers being seized, which led to the email catastrophe of 2016. Uh, the report prompted a criminal investigation and Weiner's laptop was seized. Emails that were pertinent to the Hillary Clinton email controversy were discovered on the laptop. This prompted FBI Director James Come- Comey to reopen that investigation 11 days before the 2016 US presidential election. Several hours later, Hillary Clinton responded to the decision of the director by calling on the FBI to be fully transparent and to release full and complete facts on what the emails contained. So she was like, yeah, go ahead, release them, don't care. On October 30th, it was reported that 650,000 emails on Weiner's computer were to be investigated, potentially being relevant to this particular and other cases. Hillary said that this sole decision right? 11 days into the 11 days prior to the election was the reason that she lost the election to Donald Trump, which, um, being a part yeah. of, uh, playing, yeah. what do you think? What? I was going to say, I don't no, disagree I with went. her. I don't disagree with her.
1: You don't disagree with her. I disagree
0: with Just her. the, the amount think, of attention that was put on, um, emails, which led to women hating right like people now had an excuse Definitely. to hate hillary clinton even though they weren't totally sure of what these emails were about it was just like cool now i have some legs to hate her and i'm gonna come exactly. outright and say it
1: Release the emails. Um, Yeah, I I think there's a lot of facets, but I do want to add a clarifying question or clarifying point: is the reason Anthony Weiner had emails from Hillary Clinton on his computer was because he was married to Huma Abadid, who was Hillary Clinton's like chief of staff, chief advisor. Um, So it's like he it was one degree of separation between him and Hillary. So that's why he had a bunch of Hillary's emails, because he was emailing with Huma all his wife, all Mm -hmm. the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So
0: thanks for. Yeah, I think I
1: think it had I think. I think it had a major play in 2016. I think yes, it was an easy rallying cry for women hating, saying release the emails. Most of those people could not tell you what the fuck a server is and what it does, but they were like, "She's got a private email server."
0: Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. That, it, so it's the same let me thing that let it, me get into right? Let me get into that. Let me get into this private server. So. Clinton and her circle of friends. So this is kind of just like a a side note to everybody who didn't fully, wasn't fully involved in the email scandal of 2016. But uh, it started because Clinton and her circle of friends and colleagues communicated via BlackBerry phones. The email account used on Clinton's BlackBerry was then hosted on a private server in the basement of her home in New York. I do want to say that this Her using a private email is not rare. Like a lot of politicians actually do this. Not really a lot of politicians host a private server in her home. Um, The article that I read, like, I don't know if they were trying to portray Clinton as kind of like a didn't really know what she was doing with technology like that was literally how she was Mm. framed was hey i don't want to be a part of the dot state dot gov email system because it's so much easier to just be hosted on my own um and i don't want to use computers i want to use blackberries um, because it's just easier for me like that is how she was framed in this article that i was reading and i don't know if that is true but to me i was kind of like oh she was just a ditz let her go. <laughs> um,
1: she's just, she's a boomer like that doesn't understand technology. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. that's
0: fine. Let her, Zach, let her maybe let that me. is why I was like, oh, this totally makes sense. is because we deal with so many boomers <laughs> as clients that were like, yes, she didn't know how to open a PDF. Totally get it. Like, yeah, this totally <laughs> tracks. This tracks. <laughs> okay. It does a so
1: little bit. I'm moving on.
0: There. She was warned by the State Department security personnel about the vulnerability of an unsecured BlackBerry to hacking. Mm-hmm. Um, and she affirmed her knowledge, was like, yep, I totally get it, but don't know what I'm going to do about it. Sorry. It's just easier for me to use this BlackBerry. Um, mm-hmm. So then there were domains purchased, and they were pointed to a private email server that Clinton um, had in her home in in her basement which Mm -hmm. also is kind of like you really had to point out that it was in her basement like really making it look like an underground hacking system like a whole underground system that hillary clinton this 65 year old boomer was operating (laughs) like the chances of that like she
1: enters her secret layer of tech in her basement like there's a hidden bookcase, and then it's just like
0: Totally, that is a
1: secret p- tech layer. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's the
0: uh-huh. picture that was painted for me. Um, yeah. So the <laughs> domains great. were used to send and receive emails. Um, the server itself runs on Microsoft Exchange uh, with emails over the internet being delivered to an Outlook web app. Um, the web page mm. is, did I copy the domains? Damn it. I know one of the domains was literally like clintonemail.com another domain mm-hmm. was clintonpresidency.com so all of these servers were hosting sorry all of these Those URLs um were, were pointing hosted, to what? her private server uh-huh. in her basement <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so the web pages were secured by a TLS certificate, which means that it is a secured URL. However, for the first two months of owning those URLs, the pages were not secured. To me, mm. again, just dealing with boomers, I'm like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> like yeah. it's 2009. Yeah. You buy a URL from Godaddy.com, and you're <laughs> off to the races. <laughs> um so anyways that's kind of my like little background i didn't want to get too into the email debacle but i did want people to know like where this all came from was because of she had a private server uh and was not using a dot state dot dot state dot gov email address
1: yeah oh
0: i also wanted to point out so it also came through the press that she deleted 30,000 emails. Well, in this article that I was reading, actually those 30,000 emails that were deleted, okay, let me try to articulate this. (laughs) I think it was her chief of staff, I think it was her chief of staff who originally reached out to their host, the server's host, and was like, hey, we don't need, basically, you have to pay for storage. Mm -hmm. And the chief of staff was like, hey, we actually were tapped out on storage. We don't need this much. Can you delete everything from whatever? Like she gave a certain date. Mm -hmm. And they were supposed, this was months before the email conspiracy came to the public, months. And she was like, can you delete this? Well, allegedly the server, the host, Provider did not delete them until it came into the public's eye, and then they were deleted. So it looked like, oh my god, Hillary Clinton had 30,000 emails deleted. Yep, yep. Okay, I'm out of breath. Yep.
1: Yeah, take a breath because I think, um, to bring it back, it is, it is, this is, I think, again, you've proven the point that this is a very nuanced, convoluted issue. And this is where this is why I feel so passionate about how we're framing season three is like uh, that entire issue with servers hosting timing was boiled down to find her emails and it was boiled even down to one word emails, right? Hillary emails and that entire complex issue is boiled down to two words that just elicit a feeling. It it still does for me today, like it on both ends. It's like, oh, it's either the feeling of like, oh, Exhaust. emails, or yeah. it's like find her emails. Like, yeah, they're totally. able to take these very, very. Convoluted issues and just bring them down to two words just to make you have a feeling about it and then vote a certain way because that's what when we step into the voting booth, it is based on feeling. When I did it in this, you know, I did research on the candidates for the midterm elections, but at the end of the day, like, I have a feeling about Republicans. This is a centrist politics. I think if you listen to the other side, like, or our other podcasts, we're pretty clear that what side we stand on, but. I have a feeling about them, and there is going to be a long battle uphill for me to vote that side, right? Um, And that's what it comes down to, is one person in a booth and their feelings.
0: I have a couple other October surprises before I want to get into the midterm that we just went through. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So putting Hillary aside, in 2018, the October surprise um, from Trump was a caravan of migrants from Central America. Oh. Yeah, Jesus. and he tweeted information about the caravan, and uh, later released a Republican television advertisement uh, that was widely criticized as completely racist, um, and it was actually taken down by all these major news outlets, even Fox. Um, and it was basically meant to stoke fear, right? Like the, uh, the migrants are taking away our jobs, our jobs, people. Um, in twenty twenty. 2020 October surprise uh, started off with the New York Times publishing an investigation into then President Trump's taxes, which reported that the president only paid a mere $750 in taxes, which President Trump, please tell me how you do that. I have been looking for loopholes for the past few <laughs> years. Uh, the article went on to state that the president was currently over $400 million in debt. And even Forbes then went on to publish an article stating that that wasn't even true. He's more like $1 billion in debt. Um, cool. Moving on, October 14th, the New York Post rel- uh, related to emails found on an external hard drive of a laptop computer of a. <laughs> sorry i said that weird too uh, it's like i didn't proofread yeah. my notes <laughs> yeah. it's like i came up with this 15 minutes before we went live yeah. Yeah. But it, it's it's, not, it's almost yeah. like that but it's not um yeah. it seems like it but no no, no definitely not it's definitely. the uh, it's the december surprise on october 14th <laughs> and art oh so do you know what i'm talking about Are these uh external hard drive who, who is it
1: yeah hunter biden
0: yeah yeah you are more informed than i gave you credit for um thank you but if you just read that like how crazy to make a big deal about this emails found on an external hard drive of a laptop wow that's the big scandal really guys um yep
1: Bit, okay. they, they're they're pulling from that same well like it worked in 2016 it, yes. it, you can see how it's tactics like you can just say emails yeah. and whoever you're going against and trump and the republican party were like run it back yeah we yeah, yeah. Emails yeah let's do it Biden. Again.
0: but mm-hmm. a good marketing campaign only works once so emails mm-hmm. will be permanently associated mm-hmm. with clinton and you can't take that away from her don't take that away from her Hunter Biden.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, relax, Hunter. But yeah, no, it, 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 you're right, though. Right, like you can't run it back. You can't run. the Like actually,
0: back. when yeah. I think of the scandal of Hunter Biden, it's drugs.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's like that's been out in the open, right? Like you went emails to rehab, have nothing
0: like, to do with the scandal of the Biden. Yeah, um, it
1: did not. Li- it did not have the same res. Like it did not resonate, and it's so a good not try. Mm-hmm,
0: um. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we get into midterms uh, of this Ugh. year. Do you, can you, cu- can you think of a couple of, quote, October surprises?
1: Yes, I can think of. One is Herschel Walker's yes, sir. abortions. Yes, sir. Yep, yep. Um, again, uh, uh, just to bring it back to the center, Democrats had that information for a year right like they had it for a long time and when do they decide to drop it to the press right before the elections right right before the elections i think that is just it's a tactic it's it, it, i'm just trying to get a point that these these october surprises are a marketing tactic like it is nothing more than a marketing tactic that people utilize um okay herschel walker what was another one um Dr. Oz killing all those
0: yes, dogs. You nailed yeah. it. Those were the two I thought of too. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah.
0: That was the best one, Zach, because for me, obviously, that came across my plate. And I was like, Dr. Oz is running for governor or whatever the fuck, Senate? He's yeah. running for Senate? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then I got into looking. I was like, oh, yeah, he's a puppy killer. What the fuck? Yeah. It worked on me. It worked on me. And if we I was explain why. voting mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, I would have gone Fetterman.
1: Yeah, and, and I think what why it works so well, why they keep going back to this well, is like Fetterman won,
0: uh-huh. right?
1: And my man's a great guy, but had a stroke while he was campaigning, and like so, Oz lost to a man whose health is 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 not in the best place.
0: Well, you know? not only like, that, but a Pennsylvania was Republican.
1: Yep.
0: yep. B, uh, Fetterman is married to an immigrant. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and wow. she is awesome. She fires, she's feisty, and I love her. Good. Um, but, anyways, Good. yeah. So, all of these things were working against Fetterman, but you release the fact Dr. Oz kills puppies, and there's no coming back from that.
1: Yep. And we will Um, talk about why that works. I have a one ready for that too. Like, why? I don't
0: even. Is there psychology behind that? Everyone loves a puppy. Don't kill dogs.
1: Yes, there is psychology behind.
0: So that's all I got for you. We took an hour uh, probably because I spent half an hour stumbling over my notes, but I hope people (laughs) took away what I was intending for people to take away is that October surprises our marketing tactics Um, and be weary of what we hear in October. Don't get, don't use your fast thinking brain to latch on to an email scandal when you don't know what the actual email scandal is about.
1: Could not agree more. Could not agree more. Um, and I don't think he stumbled. It'll all come out in the editing. Yeah. Um, so I, I, in, uh, in our next episode, Caitlin referenced it. Fast and slow thinking. This is our psychological trait and that we all do that the October surprise preys upon. Um, our ability to make fast, quick decisions and then our ability to slowly think and process information. And it is preying on our fast thinking quick decision brains because there's not a lot of time between uh these october surprises and the early november election Mm -hmm. so next time we'll go through that and kind of break down um caitlin that was fascinating um any
0: no lingering thoughts um tune into our facebook group we're gonna be posting um Any kind of campaign taglines or any behind the scenes uh, advertisements that we find uh, throughout the next couple of episodes. Um, So, yeah, as always, follow us on Facebook at Manipulating the Podcast. Nope, Manipulating the Masses. What is our Facebook group? (laughs)
1: Uh, who cares about Facebook, you know, there's my manipulating, manipulating the masses podcast. There we go. Um, what I will plug that we're excited about is if you've been listening, if this is your first time, please, uh, check out YouTube. Caitlin and I will be dropping our episodes on YouTube so you can watch us interact with each other and not just hear Caitlin's sultry voice in her new microphone. You'll be actually able to see us. (laughs) Uh, get some asmr ones in there we Um, might start an
0: asmr channel to be (laughs) to be determined
1: Uh, so yeah, please give us a, give us a follow, check us out on YouTube, check us out on Facebook, check us out on Instagram at McMillan Phillips. Agency. We'll be posting little clips of the podcast and you can see what we're up to in our side business of actually running a marketing agency. Yes. So that's a fun little, uh, addition as well. So yes. Caitlin, Wonderful job. Um Thanks. I am bracing. I know it's only December now when we're recording this, but I am bracing for next October because there will be a surprise yep. on the way. Yeah, buckle um, up. And tune in uh yeah, next week we'll be talking fast and slow thinking. Bye. Right. Bye bye.